you know that I pray every night that he would escape. What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. My brother killed my sister when she was 17. How'd he do that? With a really big, sharp kitchen knife. Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Third commercial, it's still on, please. Take off the third channel, the third channel, it's still running. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to, please, stop it, stop it now. Turn it off, turn it off. Stop, stop, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Trick or treat, motherfucker. No, I'm not going to do the goddamn Crypt Keeper laugh. I'm not savvy enough to pull that off. But this is Unholy Muffos, episode 197, because Jake so elegantly reminded me beforehand. I am your host, Brother Scott, joined as always by said Jake the Snake. I would do the Crypt Keeper, but that's a little scratchy, so. <laughs> <laughs> no Crypt Keeper for you this time, people. Yeah, maybe it'll get better by the time we reach the uh, Crypt Keeper impressions, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's not, not cold, people. I just had a cold drink. That's why my throat's a little scratchy. But yeah, as we just said, we are returning to Tales from the Crypt. It has been a long time. Too damn long. What, what did we figure? It was like two years we haven't done it in? Yeah. And considering the kind of year 2020 has been... Well, probably add one year to that. <laughs> Either way, it's been way too fucking long, and what the, what the fuck? Yeah, so uh, we're going to be finishing off Season 3, and we're going to be starting Season 4. We're only going to do four episodes because we don't have a third man. So. And what better time to actually bring Tales from the Crypt back than on fucking Halloween, people! 
Yep. It's the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have reached a big day. And, you know, honestly, kind of sad that it's just going to be over. It was a different kind of October, that's, that's for sure. I mean, man, I think we just experienced four seasons in this whole fucking month, at least here in the Midwest. <laughs> I don't know about you New Yorkers, but, man. It sure felt like it. Like One day it's 70 degrees, the next day it's 37. I mean, one day here we got up to, like, almost 90s, and then next week, oh, look, it's snowing. What the fuck? Yeah, we didn't get snow, thank God. Lucky you. But it's sunny today. It's, you know, supposed to be dry all day today. I'm going to be outside tonight. And, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be. I'll probably just be finishing up uh, some Halloween time watches I haven't gotten to yet. And, oh boy, wait till my what I've been watching list. That's all I'm going to say. Mister, I've had a week off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, where do we begin? Oh, you want to start with the big blow, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, last week's matchup consisted of Shawnee Smith and Danielle Harris. Starting off, Danielle Harris won four to nothing. Oh, wow. Next up, we had Marissa Tomei against Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Marissa won 4-1. to one. Yeah, I guess not too surprising. Then we had probably one of the toughest matchups of the entire tournament. Scarlett Johansson against Alexandra Daddario. Mm-hmm. Alex won 4 to nothing. Oh, wow, 4 to nothing. <laughs> I was as shocked as you were. <laughs> I mean, well, that's my uh, second girl, so I should be happy, but I figured, you know, Scarlett would put up a fight there. I figured it was going to be a lot closer of a matchup, but apparently the the listeners have decided. <laughs> and then Jake's woman against Jillian Anderson, and we have a tie at 2-2. Hmm. So Jake is going to have to pick the luckiest three numbers of his life to get his woman to move on. Alright, I'm feeling one to three. I'm feeling lucky. Siri, do not let me down. Siri, roll a dice. It's three this time. Woo! Yeah! Jake, go play the lottery, my man. (laughs) Sweet. So, well... I think you know what that means. What does that mean? That means the matchup that you predicted is going to be coming to fruition. Oh, shit. Alexander Daddario against Catherine Isabel. Oh, man. <laughs> Even though I know where your heart will always lie, it still may be a tough decision for you. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, we move on to our Halloween edition of the girls for this week. We start out with Jessica Alba against Elizabeth Banks. Okay. Mm. 
I'm just going to go with Banks just because she was Rita Repulsa. And I'm going to go Jessica because she's just so damn hot. Yeah. Next up, we have Zoe Zaldana against Christina Ricci. <sighs> Let's see. Well, you know, I've been watching the Adam family and Casper lately. And, okay, I know she's underage in those movies, but keep in mind, I was probably younger than her when those movies came out, people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's still looking good these days. Ah, fuck it, I say. I'm leaning towards Christina. I am as well. It's nothing against Zoe. I just, I've always had a thing for Christina. Yeah, I mean, Zoe makes green chicks look good, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next up, we have Amy Jo Johnson against Mila Kunis. Well, both early crushes for me, although Amy is a lot earlier of a crush. So, I'm going to go with Amy. Same here. For every boy's first crush, I think, was the Pink Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, what if... (laughs) Ends up being Catherine versus Amy for me. Hmm. First crush versus current. Hmm. <laughs> then to finalize the third round, Linda Hamilton against Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, I would have to go with Shannon for me. Without a doubt. All right. <sighs> That was this week's matchups. So. Well, we got um, next time. Let's see. Well, whoever wins this week, this week's matchups will go ahead head-to-head in round four. So the other matchups for, you know, round four are going to be Danielle Harris, Marissa Tomei, Alexandra Daddario, and Catherine Isabel. And then whoever wins this week. Okay, yeah, I'm really going to have to think this one through. Hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's getting down to the wire, and hard choices have to be made. Yep. <laughs> Jake's not going to wrestle Catherine's fucking <laughs> the girl. <laughs> Phrasing, I know, but, you know, I couldn't think of anything better to say. <laughs> All right, Jake, what's next? Let's see, we were trying to think of a good segment, and let's just say, I don't really want to talk about football this week. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, let's just say my team's record's probably not a good indication of how we really, truly are. And let's You're just only say, yeah. as good as your record. <laughs> and let's just say, man, we really need a new quarterback next year. And, yeah, I'm sure Scott still does not want to talk about his Giants either. <laughs> it is what it is. So, <clears throat> anywho, which uh, we did also think of, like, I was trying to, like, come up with a good conspiracy theory looking for Halloween stuff. I thought I found a good one. It was, like, about uh, Spirit Halloween. I'm thinking, ooh, this would probably be a good conspiracy theory about how they always, like, pop up in closed stores, maybe some like, they planned or something. And then the conspiracy series they show in there are like, oh, they play a 
slow down version of SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm like, that's a fucking conspiracy. What the fuck? <laughs> Though, yeah, we're returning to something we haven't done in a really, really long time. Um, why not do a good Halloween edition of it? So let's talk about some fucking Chuck Norris. All right. Let's see what you got first. Right here I have, there will never be a zombie apocalypse. Because when Chuck Norris bites zombies, they turn back into humans. Oh, that's funny. I also have a zombie one. Uh, (laughs) A zombie once tried to bite Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris then proceeded to eat the zombie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing you probably got it from the same thing I did in that Uh, case. I think so. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're just doing this for fun, so I don't think there's really, like, uh, no indication. Just just raffle them off. Yeah. When When the zombie apocalypse starts, Chuck Norris doesn't try to survive. The zombies do. Zombie kid, mommy, I can't sleep. Zombie mother, sleep or else I'll call Chuck Norris. Snore. That's kind of stupid, but it made me giggle a bit. Chuck Norris eats skeletons for breakfast. Chuck Norris can eat a zombie soul. Chuck Norris can hit a monster so hard that its blood will bleed. The only people that survived the zombie apocalypse were luckily Chuck Oh, or luckily Chuck North breathed on them. Ooh, that's poorly written. <laughs> Vampires only come out at night because Chuck Norris likes to sleep. <laughs> if Chuck North was in the TV show The Walking Dead, the show would have been over in the first five minutes, and the first four would have been the show's opening. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, well, might not have been a bad thing, honestly. <laughs> I would watch that show. I mean, considering, yo, what Walking Dead's become. <clears throat> um, let's see. Chuck Norris can skin a skeleton. <laughs> if you see <laughs> Chuck Norris crying, he will grant you a wish. If your wish is dying. <laughs> uh, why are zombies green? They what? all know what Chuck Norris does to zombies. Uh, why did Chuck Norris kill the vampire? It what? kept coughing all day. The zombie apocalypse was started by Chuck Norris, so he can find some training partners. Uh, if you check where your Halloween candy comes from, Chuck Norris has been there and killed someone. I don't know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Why did the vampire hide in a body bag? It's the last place Chuck Norris would look. Yeah. Alright, well. Alright, I think that's enough of those. <laughs> just uh, just some crappy little, you know, jokes that we thought would be funny. Okay, then. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. We got some heartbreaking shit that, well, <laughs> we just woke up to this morning. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we have lost Sir Sean Connery. And Not that, something I was expecting to wake up from. Or two. Yeah. I mean, he was 90 years old, so I guess he lived a 
good long life, but man, does it still suck. The best James Bond. Oh, yeah. And, you know, not just James Bond. I mean, a lot of other roles, like Highlander and uh, a role I always think of first is his role in The Rock. Hey, man, that's such a badass movie, and he is very badass in that one. One of my favorite lines from him coming from that movie, Losers whine about doing their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Uh, just starting to make us worry about all the other older celebs we were just talking about. When we just talked about, you know, before the show began. And, I mean, man, you just think the last few years we lost guys like Burt Reynolds and Adam West and Stan Lee. And just like, oh, man, who's next? I mean, don't want to think about it, but uh, it's it's inevitable. It's uh, it's not something that uh, I like to think about. Nope. All right, let's move on to something happier. Well, just in time for Halloween, we got a trailer drop. One for Halloween Kills. Yes, we did. And it annoys me because we can't watch it for a year. <laughs> right? I mean, it's man, it's done. It's ready to go, and we can't fucking watch it. I mean, man, if you know this wasn't such a shit crazy year, man, well, we would have already have seen the movie by now. <laughs> Hell, maybe we'd have seen it twice by now. Who knows? <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I wish I went back to watch the watch the tra- trailer again. But all I can see is that uh, we're showing that Michael is. Meaner than ever in this movie. He got set on fire, so he's very angry. And when we get a first glimpse that has a, of uh, Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle, looking like he's going to fuck Michael shit up. Yeah, he was walking, and then all of a sudden it looks like he was getting his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, yeah, something I didn't know until recently. Apparently this is supposed to be taking place the same night as... The previous one, and also Will's the next movie, so this whole trilogy is going to be all set in one night, man. That's, that's cool. If we're uh, to believe what they've been saying, that means, man, Michael's going to have one hell of a body count for one night. <laughs> so he goes from killing three people to mass murdering an untold number of people. He's probably going to wipe out the whole fucking town, I bet. (laughs) 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 Yeah, end of Halloween ends. Hanfield, population one. (laughs) I think uh, we got uh, a little glimpse of Nurse Marion Chambers in this one, too. Again, I I just have to go back and watch a trailer again, but I think we got a quick glimpse of her and a little call back to the original Michael breaking a window to get to her. Yeah, I uh, I wish it was longer. I wish that it, at the same time I don't, you know, like I've, yeah. I've seen all I need to see. I mean, yeah, you know me and trailers, man. So. I just don't. I mean, if this is the only one we can see for like a whole entire year until the movie comes out, I'll be a okay with that. You just put it on repeat and just try to find, you know, different things that you miss. <laughs> right. Uh, 
don't want to wait a whole year. Don't want to wait a whole year. I said, I guess we're going to have to. And well, speaking of stuff done by David Gordon Green, well, he's doing another franchise. This time it's Hellraiser, but not movies. He's doing a TV show for HBO Max and apparently got Clive Barker to come in. Yeah, Clive is going to be uh, executive producer. Well, you know what? I don't think Clive's been involved in the series since uh, part two. And now some people will say that was the last good Hellraiser movie. Also, I kind of enjoyed three and four a bit. But yeah, after those, it's just like all downhill from there. It doesn't matter. I don't have HBO Max. I'm not going to subscribe just to watch this show. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll find ways to watch it. I mean, I don't have HBO Max myself. And uh, do I really need another subscription? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, I just kind of wonder, though. It's like, uh, oh, I didn't know this, but apparently Michael Doherty's being involved in a series, too. Michael Doherty, of course, uh, behind Trick or Treat. And, of course, last summer's Godzilla, King of the Monsters. But and what I just kind of wonder about this is, okay, I like David Gordon Green and what he did with Halloween, but I don't know about him and Hellraiser. I mean, Hellraiser is just, you know, at least with the first two movies, just dark as shit. Definitely not the same as, like, Halloween. I mean, Halloween, yeah, you can see it's dark, but, you know, he had some lighthearted moments in there when, you know, like when Loomis was scaring the shit out of those kids. But yeah, I just I just don't know if he'd be the right fit for Hellraiser. But I guess it's just gonna be a wait and see. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know what to think. And uh, interesting stuff right here. Jordan Peele doing another remake, and this time it's The People Under the Stairs. Uh, I've not seen The People Under the Stairs. It's just one of those things that like I feel like I should have seen by now. But uh. And from what I hear about it, I think Jordan Peele would be the right kind of guy to remake this kind of movie. I don't know. I mean, I heard nothing but bad things about uh, that, that last one he did, Us. Really? I mean, where are you hearing it from? I mean, a lot of people I know, well, put that in their top ten horror movies of last year. I don't know, I just, I like reading, you know, like in comment sections and stuff, like just a bunch of people, you know, saying, oh, it was terrible, you know, it was very predictable, and, and you know. Hey, I dug the shit out of that movie. You know, I just kind of worry, it's like, well, he's doing this, and well, he's also, like, behind the remake of Candyman, it's just like, oh, don't, go on, go back to doing some original stuff for a bit there, Jordan. Although, you know what, something I saw on a YouTube video the other day, you know what movie would be almost kind of perfect for him to remake They Live? I was like, you know what, I I can kind of see him remaking that movie. I mean, without getting into potatoes and all that, well, man, let's face it, I think They Live would probably be very, very relevant today. I I don't want anybody to touch that movie unless Carpenter is involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he can uh, 
be directing and writing it and have Carpenter come in as a consultant like he did with Halloween, then yeah, I'd be a-okay with that. Alan, speaking of ongoing franchises, Insidious 5! And this time, we got Patrick Wilson making his directorial debut with this. Like, oh, okay. I'm I'm cool with that. I like uh, Patrick Wilson as an actor, so wonder how he could do as a director. Yeah, I uh, funny enough, I actually watched Chapter 2 for the first time on oh, wow. uh, Fear Fest. Oh, wow. And we can get to that in a little bit. Uh, and I guess apparently this one will be going back to the family from the first two movies. I wonder if, like... Lynn Shay is going to be involved somehow. Like, you know, they're still using her ghost to, like, you know, help this family out. And if I recall correctly, like, part two uh, gave us a little teaser that the uh, freaking Darth Maul monster would be back. I don't know. I, wa- I watched it the other day, and it, there was nothing there. Like, I watched closely, and, like, as she, you know, lifts her, heads, her head up, it's... Nothing is there. All she does is gasp. So it, it really intrigued me. So I, I'm definitely interested to see like them continue that story. Yeah, I, I think it... I don't know. I think it's supposed to be like uh, insinuating that it's uh, him. I mean, I don't know who else it could be. Like, Considering the next two movies were both prequels. And I think yeah. they would... Funny enough, that freaking <laughs> the Darth Maul guy, like he wasn't in the second one, and I was like, that's so disappointing. Like he, he was so freaking creepy in the first one. Like you'd think he did like appear at least once. Yeah, well, yeah, they just wanted to go a different story than that one, which I can understand. And well, he does kind of make a uh, well, almost like a forced cameo and oh man i forget which one i think i want to say part four or no maybe it was part three like you know at the end of that movie like she's seen something in the corner and she's again gasping but this time we see his head just pop out of nowhere which like i said kind of forced it's just like like, okay you're really trying to insinuate that we want this guy to come back and yeah yeah maybe he is coming back who knows they've been kind of teasing that for a long time but yeah i mean i i rewatched the first one and the second one and those are really good movies oh yeah i dug them and well maybe unpopular opinions but i dig the following two as well so yeah i'm looking forward to part five yeah i didn't have a chance to see those they weren't on fear fest and uh We'll wrap this up with, uh, well, news that'll just excite me, <laughs> more than likely. It's more about the Power Rangers reboot again, and uh, this time they're bringing in the writers from the TV show Titans to write it. And uh, I see the guy's called Brian Edward Hill, and, well, he worked as a writer on Ash vs. Evil Dead, too, as a, so, hey, that's got me intrigued. I don't know. Yeah, and really, that's all we really fucking have, like, nothing else. Like, well, I'm sure they'll completely reboot this. I mean, we're going to get new guys at the Rangers. Did, um, that was already agreed upon, but, uh, isn't that, uh, MM 
And then isn't there... I think they said there's supposed to be, like, a tie-in TV show as well. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't say right here. Oh, yeah, that's really the only detail we really have for now. And, uh, uh, that's all I got for news, so... Hey, Scott. Good lord! What are you watching? Well, as I mentioned, uh, FearFest stopped showing constant repeats, so I started tuning back in. And, uh, I, uh, I got some first-time watches in. Uh, as I said earlier, I, uh, watched Insidious Chapter 2. I'd actually never seen it. I've only seen the first one. I watched 1408. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one in a long time. It was my first time watching that, and it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought just... it was, like, more of a ghost hunting type movie, but <laughs> nope. Yeah, I guess I remember, like, you know, there was uh, one part of a trailer commercial for that movie. We owe his dead daughter goes up to him. She's like, what's wrong, daddy? Don't you love me? And he, you know, her voice just morphs, and then... She hugs him, then she's look all deformed. And of course, that was just a fucking tease because in the actual movie, she just says a normal girl voice, and it's more of a kind of a tender moment in the movie rather than creepy moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. I'll have to watch that again sometime. I was surprised Samuel Jackson was in it. Yeah, yeah that's not something I would have expected. And since uh, he watched it on TV, and of course he had the only f bomb of the movie. Yeah, he was like, uh, it was just right as uh, you know, he was like, uh, tell him John Cusack about the room, and he just says, it's an evil fucking room. And I figured when he was freaking out at him, he's like, fuck, well, that room is evil, or something. <laughs> I don't really remember the dialogue. Pit. I only watched it once. And of course, that's uh, the first uh, Stephen King adaptation with. Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson, and the next one, uh, it's not not quite as good. In fact, much worse. Not talking about that Cell movie they did years ago, and ooh, that movie fucking blew. Um, I feel like there was another one. Oh, the uh, the Last House on the Left remake. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'd seen bits and pieces when it was on Fear Fest one time but i think i was busy so like i didn't have much time so uh you know it's pretty crazy seeing three actors that i uh i already know of one uh the main guy uh what kutch catch whatever his name is uh, uh i forget krug that's oh yeah krug 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 yeah that's right yeah who was he in this movie i he was the the father of uh the kid Justin. Yeah, uh, I mean, who was the actor? Yeah. Oh, I, I know him from uh, a TV show called Burn Notice. Oh, okay. He plays a diabolical motherfucker named Simon. Uh, okay. I mean, I know Aaron Paul was in the movie. I know that. Yeah, he was in it. I know him from Breaking Bad, Sarah Polly. I know her from uh, one of those uh, <laughs> comedy movies, like the, the spoof ones. Yeah, and the... The dad, like, uh, oh shit, well, he's been in a lot of movies, like, he was in that Patrick Swayze movie, Ghost, and I actually think, yeah, he was, like, one of the victims in Friday the 13th, Part 6. Interesting. I'm just curious, have you ever seen the original? I have not. 
Yeah, well, I should say, like, well, both movies are pretty uh, much one-time watches. Yeah, I mean, the that remake, that, that, was, that was messed up, man. Oh, wait a second. I just realized you said Sarah Polly. I think you mean Sarah Paxton. Yeah, that's right. I, I just remember that because uh, she's like a, apparently, as you would probably figure from the last name, a distant relative of Bill. Like, I, I forget. It's not like direct relative of Bill, but it's just like a few generations. I, I think I've read that somewhere. Interesting. Um, But yeah, other than that, you know, uh, just <laughs> more Fear Fest. Um, I really didn't uh, get into too much other than that, but I did end up watching The Boys Season 2. Okay, I'll probably have to get into that uh, pretty soon, you know, with uh, all the Halloween time watches being over for me. Yeah, I would say, you know, jump in, you fucking... (laughs) But... I'm not going to push it because I know people push me to watch shows and I couldn't stand doing that. So if you want to watch it, I would highly recommend it. It's superheroes. It's like R-rated goodness and throw it together and it's it's one hell of a show. Ah, that's going to be it for me. Okay. You ready for this? <laughs> Hit it. Candyman. Ginger Snaps. Trick or Treat. 1986. One, by the way, Black Roses, Night of the Demons, Jacko, Amityville Horror, Amityville 2, Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead 2, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Monster Squad, Night of the Creeps, Poltergeist, The Evil Dead, House of a Thousand Corpses, Phantasm, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, The Company of Wolves, The Boogeyman, Children of the Corn, The Exorcist, The Exorcist 3, Night of the Living Dead, Bloodfest, Shud 2, Bud the Shud, Halloween, and Trick or Treat. And those are just the rewatches. Funny enough, you uh, you mentioned The Conjuring. I actually finally got to watch that. Oh, and? And I liked The Warrens. Family, uh, didn't really care what happened to them. Yeah, and oh man, thinking of movies we could have gone already by now if it uh, wasn't for the pandemic. Yeah, Conjuring 3 would have been out already. But, oh well. Now for some uh, of the first-time watches, or honestly, first-time watches in a while. Well, since I watched The Exorcist 1 and 3, I sure as hell wasn't going to watch exorcist 2 or the prequels and as much as i love the ninth configuration really not a halloween time watch so what else is there well a little movie called repossessed this one is actually the parody of the exorcist with leslie nielsen in it and even has Ah, linda even has linda blair i um didn't we talk about this maybe we have i don't know I think I think we talked about like a couple episodes ago, like when we were on break or something. Uh, maybe. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's just as funny as I remembered. And well, I went and checked in. Yeah, it's, I have it on the list of shows I want to talk about in the future. A little movie called I've Been Waiting for You. So this movie, it came out in the late 90s. You know, once all the uh, Scream ripoffs were coming out. And this one, they made a... This one's actually a TV movie, and of course I remember I watched it when it first came out, and 
how they made a big deal in the commercials that this is from the writer of I Know What You Did Last Summer, meaning, of course, it's based on the same book that I Know What You Did Last Summer was based on. And, well, just like I Know What You Did Last Summer, they took some creative liberties with it. Because I don't know if anybody knows this, but the novel version of I Know What You Did Last Summer, it's not really a slasher. It's, it's kind of more of like a thriller and, you know, not really a killer in there. And, uh, well, they're trying to do the same thing with this one, but I, I I would hesitate to call it a slasher. So the story of this one is this woman moves to this old town, you know, where the Salem witch trials took place. And, of course, you know, she moves into a house where this famous witch lived in. And, well, these six students in there, they're descendants of uh, people who killed this witch. And they think that she may be a descendant of the witch as well and around the same time there's somebody going around and again i i hesitate to call it a slasher because let's just say like the guy's got a cool look it's kind of like ghost face but instead of a screaming ghost mask it's a witch mask and got wolverine type claws that's a cool setup but of course it's a tv movie they don't fucking use it either one girl he kills in the movie not even with the claws she just fucking dies of shock. Like, why such a cool setup if you're not going to fucking use it? And of course. Well, you said it was a TV movie, so you can't expect much. And uh, I'll just say, i say also, uh, I forgot uh, how much of a big cast there was in this movie. I mean, again, this is only my second time watching it ever since it premiered back in the late 90s. And let's just say there's some big names in there, like uh, Solel Moonfry, I think that's how you pronounce her name. The chick who was uh, Punky Brewster back in the 80s. And uh, did you you ever watch Scrubs? No. Okay, because the main chick from that show is the main chick in this movie and also has Ben Foster in it. Uh, You know, you've probably seen that guy. Oh, he was Angel in X-Men 3. uh, Shoot. Some, a lot of other movies and like... 30 Days of Night, uh, who's in The Mechanic with Jason Statham. Yeah, but, yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, only second time watching this movie since it premiered, and it probably be another long time since until I watch it again. Maybe never, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to watch that movie? <laughs> Go right ahead, Scott. <laughs> 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 yeah, if you watch that, you'll come back and be like, well, you were right. <laughs> no, you wasted the two years <laughs> or the two hours of your life. I don't have to. Uh, there's this one thing I've actually been wanting to watch for a while. It's called the WNUF Halloween Special. And I always hear about this and oh, I saw it was on Shudder. So I said, hey, I'll watch this. Let's just say, concept for this is actually kind of cool. Like, it's looking like it's an old tape recording from late 80s. You know, it starts off with, you know, the news, and then it goes right into this Halloween special where these people are exploring a supposed haunted house. And, uh, you know, of course, shit goes crazy. But it's also got a little bit of a gimmick where, like, of course, they'll cut to commercials. And, you know, as somebody who, well, okay, I was a toddler in the late 80s, but, of course, parents would uh, tape some things. I would rewatch and man, they really did capture the authenticity of these very well, I mean. But my problem was that gimmick they overuse these shit out of. I mean, it's, it's fucking crazy. Like, you'll get something happening with the special 
like, okay, we're interviewing some people. Now we cut to commercial break. Commercial break, commercials, commercials. We're back to a special. Okay, here's the psychic we're bringing in. A little bit of interview. Now cut to commercial break. Commercial, commercial, commercial. All right, we're about to go into the house. Oh, we just hear noise. Well, cut to commercial break. And, and so on. It's just like, okay, I get it. Commercials. Can we just, like, go with this? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I don't get why this thing is so hyped a lot. I mean, you know, I go around and look on Letterboxd reviews for this, and there's a lot of high rating for it. And just like, why? I mean, if they had just stuck with the actual story of, you know, them exploring this haunted house, things going crazy, that would have been better. But no, it was just commercials, commercials. Uh it was just so fucking annoying. <laughs> and then another thing I really wanted to see for a long time, because it sounded kind of cool. It's called Gothic. It's about, uh, well, Mary Shelley and the night she came up with the story of Frankenstein. Okay, do you remember at the beginning of Bride of Frankenstein, where it opens up with her with her husband, Percy Shelley, and Lord Byron, and, you know, all those people <laughs> kind of acting all over the top? <laughs> Yeah. At the let's just say that that opening of that movie looked pretty fucking normal compared to what was actually in this fucking movie. I I, I seriously have no idea what the fuck I just watched. Honestly, I mean, I guess apparently they take some opium and then it just causes them to see some weird shit. But it's Man, I I seriously have no idea what the fuck was going on for this movie. In fact, if we ever decided to do a rundown of this movie, my rundown would be like, yeah, I have no idea what the fuck happened. Roll credits. That's seriously. <laughs> I, I, I just do not get, like, how all of this went down in this movie. And then at the end, Mary Shelley's like, okay, I'm going to write the story of Frankenstein. Ah, what? What the fuck? What am I missing right here? <laughs> She sits down to write the book. The end. That was the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so for the first time or, or long time watches, not looking so good, but and I got to this other movie. Again, that's another one I haven't seen for a long time. Maybe a decade, but this, oh my God. This may be a new Halloween time watch for me. A little movie called Lake Mungo. Have you heard of this one? So this movie, you... Do you kind of remember, I mean, I think you might have been a little young when these came out, but the uh, After Dark Horror Fest? No. Okay, it was like something that came out, like, kind of late 2000s where, you know, each October they would, like, release some movies. I mean, I think the first year they did it theatrically, and that was a kind of a cool experience, and I went to go see all those movies at the big screen, but... I think afterwards they just released them direct to the DVD, and this was one of them, and I didn't. This might be seriously the creepiest movie I've ever seen in a while. So the story about this one is that, well, it's done in a mockumentary style. This family, they lost their daughter, she drowned in an accident, and then they start seeing her ghost around the house. And, you know, the brother sets up some cameras. And uh, they start seeing her, and really that's all I'm going to fucking say about this, because let's just say certain images in this movie just fucking stuck with me afterwards. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. I mean, you know, I've been, uh, I haven't used a white noise app in a while, but after this movie, I'm like, I'm, 
I'm sleeping with the white noise app on tonight because uh, the silence is a little too eerie after watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I'm, saying, I'm adding it to the list of shows we need to do. And I think it might be a good uh, movie to watch for next Halloween time. So, yeah, something you'll have to wait for next year, people. Okay. And again, that's all I'm going to say because, man, I just have so much to say about this movie. And you'll just have to wait a whole entire year <laughs> to hear what I have to say about this movie, people. <laughs> you won't remember any of this a year from now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see. I have all new questions. <laughs> okay, so, yep, that's my what I've been watching list, and, ooh, probably the biggest one I've had in a while. <laughs> yep, it's, uh, it's that time of the year. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go back to working from home, actually, probably uh, this upcoming week, or at least the next week, so. Yeah, I'll get some good watches in. Maybe I can actually get the boys watch. <laughs> okay, so start talking about some tales from the crypt, shall we? Yep, Mister. I'm gonna take the first two episodes. <laughs> and I think you have the first one, actually. Are you serious? Isn't that what we agree to? We'll be back. This is thriller, 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 
So, I'm having flashbacks to an episode we did called American Pie. And this is not that bad. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Like, uh, you know, I, I was exhausted last night. So, you know, I couldn't remember what episodes I was doing. So I asked, I asked Jake, you know, and he tells me he's doing so-and-so. So I end up fucking, you know, thinking, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. So I'm doing the next two. And, and things didn't turn out right. Now that I've actually got some sleep in me, we made some big mistakes, people. Uh, yeah, uh, first <laughs> Tales from the Crypt episode, oh hell, and yep, this is what we have to give you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I had a little talk with Jake. Things should not happen like this again. <laughs> but this first episode's going to be a bit of a mess. Yeah. Since I did watch the episode, I've got very minimal notes. Jake's going to have to help me out. Yeah, okay. So, first episode we're talking about is called Spoiled. Premiered August 21st, 1991. A 6.4 rating on the IMDb, and yeah, some recognizable faces, maybe. Uh, main chick is Faye Grant. Now, she was on this TV show called V, sci fi show about aliens, and she was also in very, very terrible part four of The Omen. <laughs> Uh, talk about a sequel that really should not have been made at all. And uh, the guy in there, uh, Anthony La Paglia, I don't know. He's a recognizable face. Uh, I guess uh, one of this, what you may know him for in IMDb is So I Married an Axe Murderer. And uh, I recognize him from the second Annabelle movie. But uh, yeah, a lot of other things he's been in. And I'm sure like... If we have listeners, they're probably screaming like three or four other things he's been in that we probably don't know of. Yeah, that's the funniest joke you've said all day. Listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if they're still going after, yo, that's a bunch of fucking things up. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? It was a long day. As I told Jake, I've got ten lines to work with. So, he's going to have to fill in quite a few dots. Okay. Well, you know, obviously, we start out with the Crypt Keeper. He says, hello, golfling fiends, the, uh, and welcome to the Crypt. Oh, don't mind him. That's just my caddy, Juan. He got <laughs> me teed off while I was playing around, so I shot a hole in Juan. <laughs> and, you know, once I saw the setup was... Golf, and he said his caddy was one. I'm like, oh, gee, I wonder where that joke's heading. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings to mind the young woman in tonight's tale. She's also playing around, except that her game isn't golf. It's love. I call this disgusting drama spoiled. And we meet a housewife, Faye Grant. She is quite obsessed with soap operas, especially, you know, with the concepts of Passion and romance, and she watches them religiously. She uh, she is very annoyed with her husband, who is a doctor obsessed with experimenting on a rabbit. And what is he experimenting for? The brain, like yeah, th- something with the brain, like uh, like 
I th- I think I remember like when we like first were introduced to him, he like came in, he was talking about a patient he lost, he's like, would have helped her if I was allowed to freeze her brain or something like that. And it was just I think something about like prolonging the brain and helping the patient live longer, something like that. Well, the uh, the doctor he doesn't spend very much time with her. He he's one of those guys that just. I have work to do, you know, leave me alone, that, that type of thing. So, you know, she begins having a steamy affair with a cable guy. Man, man, <laughs> when she's introduced to this cable guy, it is just like straight up out of a fucking porn movie, you know, <laughs> all the innuendos and all of that. <laughs> it's just got to stick these two together, got to insert this into this slot. <laughs> You know, they, uh, they have an affair for a while, and, well, the doctor, he soon wonders if maybe he could try his experiment on human subjects. And, yeah, there's a, also a bit of a setup right there, like, well, the main thing is that, uh, you know, he works in a house, and when he's uh, working in a house, there's a little red light that makes you realize that hey i'm busy here don't come in and yeah she tries coming in a few times it's like what have i told you about when the red light is on <laughs> and of course they use that to their advantage like pretty much fucking and then when the red light goes off she's like okay get the fuck out like i said i've only got 10 lines so that was pretty much it for me but uh what what i do remember one thing that really shocked me in this episode is, is doesn't he like switch their brains well, like into the other body. Okay, here's what happens. Like, or one day, like he finally figures out he what to do. He figures out, so he decides to go upstairs, and well, he doesn't even really turn the red light off. And so when they go, he goes upstairs. Of course, he catches them in the act, and well, he's like heartbreaking at first. So what he decides to do is that he's gonna knock him out with chloroform, and then you know, after a few days, they wake up and. You know, they're not nothing. At first, they're like, oh, how long were we out? Damn. And then, well, that's when they look down and, well, he switched their heads. That's what it was. Yeah, so his head is on her body and her head is on his body. And, you know, uh, well, special effects look a little goofy right there, of course. (laughs) Watching this on YouTube where, you know, like, you know, it's obviously been taped off of somewhere and quality's not that good. But you can still kind of tell just a little bit. All right, well, uh, then we have uh, the Crypt Keeper to close us out. He says, well, it looks like Janet and Abel have become rather attached. Talk about being stuck on each other. I guess the next time Janet wants to cable up, she'll uh, she'll be a little more careful about it. Anyway, I've got to get back to my game. Crypt Keeper hits golf ball in a skull on the ground. What do you know? Par for the corpse. Uh, I'm pretty sure he laughs, and we roll credits. Oh, yeah, and there's another little joke in there, of course. The cable guy is called Abel, and so that one part of the, the show where, like, you know, the husband almost catches them in the act, but, you know, not quite. And, you know, the husband's saying, talking about, you know, how he's not uh, going to be there for her because he's working a lot. He's just like, I'm not Abel. And she's like, oh, you got that right. <laughs> I wonder if they just call them Abel just for that. <laughs> All right, Jake, you actually watched the episode, so what do you think? Uh, you know, it's a, you know, one of the best. I mean, 
it's just an episode that's just kind of there. Uh, kind of a cool little twist there, but yeah. It, otherwise, I don't think it was just anything too special. So I'm just going to go with a just okay for this one. And yeah, really not too much for me to say about this one. Yeah, from uh, what I remember uh, the last time I watched it, uh, I you know, there the twist there, that was, you know, like a kind of a shock. But uh, that, that was, for me, I think, the only thing in it that kind of redeemed it because it was just kind of like an affair story and you could throw on fucking lifetime and <laughs> watch that anytime i mean you know it's always the thing about tales from the crypt you know you know just uh how you're gonna pay for something you did and all that and yeah i know you know, a lot of these stories involve some lovers a bit so yeah i mean I'm, I'm gonna agree with you it really it's not up there with some of the best episodes so, you know, I think for me it would be uh, just okay. Like, it's nothing special, but it's you could still watch it. Yeah, it's a better so. All right, Jake. All right. Now for something a little bit more detailed. We got the next episode called Yellow, premiered August 28, 1991, directed by Robert Zemeckis. And this one, well, we got quite a cast in this one. We've got Kirk Douglas, and we got a son. Nope. Not Michael Douglas, Eric Douglas, the half brother of Michael. Yeah, from my uh, read, like uh, he did some stand-up comedy for a while, mostly self-deprecating about how he was the forgotten Douglas brother, and well, sadly he's passed away. Like I think in 2006, according he had uh, major drug and alcohol problems. Well, not only those two, but we also got Lance Henriksen, uh, back from the Cutting Cards episode. And we got Dan fucking Aykroyd. Yeah, that was... I forgot he was in this, and it's, like, really shocking. Right. It's like, it's, it, this motherfucker's really in Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, he was in uh, a Twilight Zone movie, too, so I guess that's not too surprising. So, of course, we open up with the Crypt Keeper, and he's a soldier, and, you know, saying that war is a great opportunity destroyer <laughs> and now we open up the story and it just opens on a very very grisly battle scene i mean one of the first things we're exposed to in this episode is a soldier with his back completely fucked up and so we got uh lance hendrickson a sergeant ripper going around this saying where's the lieutenant where's the lieutenant well first two guys he asks uh, are actually dead actually finds a lieutenant lieutenant uh Cothrob, who's in the barracks just chilling and yeah, just kind of slacking like well what a great place to be doing that <laughs> yeah grizzly war scene i'm just gonna be here chilling you know he's asking what to do and he's like man these guys are kicking our ass we just gotta retreat i'm like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> and now we meet dan Aykroyd as captain milligan going to see general Cothrob. You know, talk about all the shit that's going on, and then River comes in and, you know, just tells him that, you know, of course, we learned that the lieutenant is the general's son. He's telling him to retreat, and he's like, no, wait, this isn't right. And he's like, well, there's something you need to know about your son, general. And, well, he keeps uh, kind of screwing around the issue a little bit, but finally he gets it out that he's yellow. And uh, from what I understand... Yellow is pretty much an old military term for, well, he's a fucking pussy. It's, 
they also use it like in the old Western times. Like, what are you yellow? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, I, uh, a lot of like uh, old westerns, you know, they used to, you know, do that. I think they even did it in Back to Back to the Future Part Three. Oh, really? Where, yeah. uh, like, uh, like the where Marty, you know, like he, he doesn't like being called chicken. But yeah. I think he, I think he, uh, he was called a yellow. Yeah. Well, it's been know. a while since I seen Back to the Future Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. So. Oh man, I saw that they have the trilogy on 4K at Best Buy. Hmm, should I pick that up? Hmm. I want to get it. Yeah, so anyway, Lieutenant Martin Calthrob comes in, and well, first of all, a little disrespectful, not the way a soldier should come in. I mean, just kind of comes in all casually, like, hey, yeah, you want to see me? Like, hey, remember where you are. And that's where he stands up straight. He's like, sir. And so we can kind of tell that Martin, he's really not the military type. Well, he just keeps arguing with his dad that he just does not want to be there anymore. But uh, his dad has a mission for him to, like, go fix the communication lines because apparently they went out. So uh, he makes them a promise that if he leads this mission and succeeds, that he will transfer him to, uh, what was it he said, um, uh, yeah, to the rear, to the rear, basically saying that uh, you know, he won't be a major general anymore. Oh, hey, that's a pretty promising deal right there. Oh, they're going off in the mission. Ripper and a few men go off to fix the lines and leaving Martin behind. And they tell him that if he sees anything like German soldiers to whistle. Well, after a little while, Martin does see the German soldiers and he pulls out the whistle, but he, he hesitates and he doesn't blow that whistle. And well, next thing you know, big old fucking shootout between the Americans and the Germans and let's just say there are some casualties including Ripper who comes up and is like why did you blow the whistle well after a while Martin comes back and he's fucking lying to everybody about what happened you know saying that uh, you know the Germans attacked and you know he tried fighting back as well but they lost a lot of great men and well at first of all his dad's kind of believing him he's like well Son, you did your job. I will transfer you. But, uh, unfortunately for Martin, well, a few of you guys come in with Ripper, who's still alive, clinging on to life, and even has his guts hanging out. And, you know, he tells them the truth about what happens before he finally passes. And, uh, you know, Martin's just trying to say, like, oh, that's a lie. His word against mine. The general's like, hey, let me see your gun. He looks at his gun, and, well, it never was fired. Yeah, you would think, like, if you're going to lie and say you shot at them, actually shoot the fucking gun. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> like, I mean, even if it's at the ground, just shoot, like, you know, four bullets, and y- y- you can sell the story. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, just for so much stuff, like, of course, causing the death of so many soldiers, lying, and, of course, cowardice. He is arrested and put on trial where he is found guilty. And his punishment is death by firing squad. And so, as later, his dad comes in just to visit him, like, in this little prison where he's just chilling. You know, little father-son moment. You know, just talking about how he just hates military life, did not want to be in it in the first place. You know, I guess we can just kind of assume that he was just 
kind of forced into this lifestyle. And, uh, well, after a little breakdown from Marin General makes them a little bit of a deal. It's like, okay, there's the blanks that gets put in these guns. I will change all the bullets to blanks, and you just play along, and I'll allow you to leave here. But make me one promise before you fake your death. Show that you really are a man. Face the squad like a man. And he makes that promise. It's the day of the execution. It's the usual setup, yo. You got the uh, horns playing. You got the soldiers doing their things. Here comes Martin coming in. And hell, I don't know. <laughs> I would say he's almost kind of giving himself away. That he's uh, pretty sure he's not really going to die. Acting all cocky and shit. I mean, especially considering this guy's a big fucking coward. You mean you would think if he actually knew he would be, like, acting, like, more scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they set him up, and, you know, he, they ask him for a smoke, but, you know, he refuses. But he will ask for a final drink from his little flask, a flask that he's been using for quite a bit in this episode. And, you know, he gives the final words about how he's ashamed for all his cowardice. You know, just facing his fate like a man, it appears. Maybe go little Shakespeare words. Now it's time for the firing squad. They all set up and, well, just before they shoot him, you know, Martin looks at his dad and he just got this look on his face. And he seems to know what the look on his face means because, you know, we just see. And it's even on the little image of this, of this uh, episode on IMDb. The final look on his face is just like... Oh, shit. Because the firing squad shoots at him, and it appears not to be blanks at all. He is really getting shot the fuck up, and falls right into the pit where all the other dead bodies are. And, uh, you know, they go and look, and the general says, at least he died like a man. So I guess it was all just a setup by dad, just to make sure he will actually die like a man, see if he actually has, you know, some courage in him at all. And I guess, in a way, he succeeded at that part. And, well, it just ends with Martin's dead body in the pit. And the camera zooms up to his little flask. Flask that apparently was given to him by his dad with some words saying, Let courage be thy name. And, uh, well, we finish up on the Crypt Keeper being tied up, about to be fired on by a firing squad, saying, I guess Martin learned... No guts, no gory. <laughs> and uh, he appears to be likes being shot. I mean, of course, I mean, the motherfucker's dead. I guess it can't hurt him. All right. And that's yellow. What do you think about this one? Well, you know, I, I was reading that this is the only directorial for Robert Zemeckis. And I found that quite interesting, considering, you know, he's like an executive producer on like the entire show. Right. You know, I, I think it was, uh, you know, really interesting. I was also reading, like, this was originally, I guess, supposed to be, like, a, another, like, it was a pilot for a TV show, but, you know, it, it didn't get picked up or something. So they ended up turning it into an episode for Tales from the Crypt. You know, it, it, was, it was quite interesting, you know, like, uh, you got a, a man who is in a life that he doesn't want. That's something very relatable, I think, to a lot of people. You know, a lot of people doing things that they don't enjoy. And, you know, it's it, it shows. And, you know, he 
you know, did the best with what he could do, and, you know, you, you feel bad for him, you know? And I, I think that's ultimately what, you know, this episode is supposed to make you feel. And, you know, it, uh, this, is, this one I'm going to give a uh, pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to give a pretty good you as well. And I forget, forgot to mention the rating for it is it's an 8.3 of highest one rated one we're going to do today. Well, it's, it's quite a different one. I mean, no supernatural stuff, no serial killers and all that. It's just all about the horrors of war, man. And yeah, war is quite a bit of a horror itself. And even worse, when you just do not want to be there at all. Can imagine what it's like for the guys who wanted to be there. Now imagine you don't want to be there at all. And, and of course, what's even worse than that is just what's going to happen to you if you pretty much are the type of person who doesn't want to be there. It, it makes it just ten times worse, especially when you cause the death of a few people. Yeah, it's like you imagine putting yourself in those footsteps. You have people all across, like, you know, trenches firing down upon you, bullets just missing you, and, you know, dirt flying everywhere. That's, like, an intense and scary situation. Like, I give props to, you know, American, you know, people who freaking join the military because they want to. Right. And, you know, go through that type of stuff. It's it's crazy. I know. Yeah, not just bullets, but, you know, seeing fellow comrades just die, too. Dealing, you know, with, like, PTSD and all this other shit because, you know, what what you see in war is just so traumatic. Yeah, yeah, just something you really just do not want to see. It's just so interesting for, like, this final episode of Season 3 just to deal with a subject like this, and, you know, I think they did it very well, man. And, of course, it's just the real horror, of course. It's being a, being a coward in the military and just the consequences, and especially when she's your dad is a general, and I guess the dad likes the military a little bit more than he likes his own son. <clears throat> not uh, not a very nice father. No. <laughs> yeah, I just also got to say, probably the longest episode we will do today is like, 37 minutes, according to IMDb, and I gotta say, for almost 40 minutes, it kind of went by a little quick, too. Yeah, it's, it's really, there's not a lot of downtime. Yeah. I think maybe the only downtime scenes are, like, in the prison, and maybe in, like, the beginning, you know, when we're meeting characters, but other than that, it's just, like, a lot of action going on. Oh, yeah, it, it does not waste any time at all. Because I just remember when I was running down this episode, uh, I just, uh, it was starting to check, you know, the time left. And I was like, oh, oh we're almost done with this episode. Damn. <laughs> I mean, I guess I should have seen it coming. I, I do have to admit, though, did you kind of see the twist coming? Um, I mean, the first time I watched it, I, uh, it it's hard to tell. I mean... Yes, but no. It's like, obviously, you know, he's, you know, his father. You know, you you would think that he would do this, but, you know, when you actually see the outcome, it's like, oh, he's that kind of father. I mean, you know, my thing is, of course, I also tell from the Crypt episode, I I don't think things are going to turn out well for him at all. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, some reason I was thinking, oh, the father would think he switched out uh, bullets with blanks. And, uh, yeah. 
But no, he actually did intentionally lie about it. Yeah. At least it teaches you not to be a coward in the military. Yeah. If you can't it, hack it, don't join. Yeah. Why, well, I'd never be in the military at all, man. And I just would not be able to deal with that shit at all. Yeah, I wouldn't either. All right. Well, I think it's time we take a little break. And you have the next episode. Yes, I do.
Forgetting all you couldn't do today And we are back. Now, time for the first episode of Season 4, called None But the Lonely Heart. A 7.2 on IMDb and premiered June 27th, 1992. Now, this one, this is a interesting one, because the director of this particular episode is Tom Hanks. Yes, that... Tom Hanks, people. I want to say, like, what the fuck was that upstairs? No, that's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to say, I think this is like, uh, I don't know, I forget when Philadelphia, that movie came out. You know, I think that was like his first, uh, like, uh, really dramatic role before he went to do Forrest Gump. And then he just switched from you know, comedic actor in the 80s to, you know, very serious actor in the 90s and so forth. Uh, well, we got Tom Hanks in this episode, too, just a smaller role, but the main guy in this is Treat Williams. Uh, Treat Williams, he's been in a lot of movies like uh, The Substitute sequels, uh, The Villain in The Phantom, Deep Rising. Again, I'm sure there's, like, other roles he's been in, but those are the ones I mostly know him from. Oh, this one guy, Sugar Ray Leonard, I guess apparently he was a major fighter back in the day. Okay, so we open up and Crypt Keeper is a waiter for uh, a bunch of these uh, corpses <laughs> having the date, apparently. And you know, there's a guy nearby with a violin and he's like, they wanted violins, not violin. I almost want to say that's like a callback to a... Uh, old SNL skit. I know Sean would probably know this, like, back from the Chevy Chase days of Weekend Update. And I think it was Gilda Renner she was doing, and she was talking about, what do people have against violins? Violins! And Chevy Chase is like, no, it's violins. People are against, you know, you have to look that up, people. I'm probably not doing that to get any justice. The, um, uh, Chucky made a joke like that, too. Oh, which one like was that? in the uh, seed. He's, oh, okay. He's, uh, you know, Glenn is like, I thought violence was bad. Chucky says, No, violins are bad. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, cut the well last episode on Fear Fest recently, actually. Anyway, so his episode opens up. We meet our main guy of the episode, Howard, and his wife, and well, his uh, wife. Uh, Let's just say she's older than him by maybe 40 years or so. She's uh she's basically pushing up daisies. Yeah. And, well, they're having a nice little dinner and a little, some, some wine. And, of course, he wants her to tie her name for him to invest in the company. And she does. And, well, after that and a little, 
she has him recite a poem that she likes, but right in the middle of this poem, she fucking croaks. And uh, I think we are led to assume that he poisoned her. You know, mm, I, he, he must have given her something, but I don't think it's poison because, you know, the cops, they they would have figured that out. Well, I don't know. I mean, this was, I don't think CSI or any of the forensic stuff was, like, quite big at this point. I, I don't know. And, of Who course, knows? he ends up... Uh, calling the police a 911 and, you know, doing fake crying. It's like, my wife is dead! Well, he's at the funeral and, you know, he's faking more of the sadness while, you know, some friends of his uh, wife are just saying, oh my god, she loved you so much! <laughs> but then, after the funeral ends, well, we meet Morty, his business partner, who, you know, seems to know what he's up to and, you know, saying IRS just froze their assets and all that and, you know, he's just talking about, like, how he's got to stop all this really soon. And he's like, okay, just give me ten days just for one more lady, man. All I can think is, man, ten days for this shit. <laughs> That's a little way too quick. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it seems a little fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about putting your eggs into one basket. Well, at this point, he rips off his little uh, black uh, like armband from him and... You know, Charles says, wind blows it all the way to a grave digger. A very like, is that is that something like people wear at, like funerals? I've never really attended a burying. Yeah, I don't know if it's like, you know, maybe it must have been for like the old old days. Like the very first funeral I ever attended was when I was thirteen for my grandpa. I don't remember anything like that <laughs> there. I don't know. Must be a very old tradition. Remember, this is early 90s, so there's no Tinder just yet. So <laughs> what does Howard do? He is at a service where he watches tapes of potential suitors for him. I want to say, like, there's a place that did this, like, kind of not too far from where I live. But, yeah, I, I never got to do that. And I don't know if I know anybody who ever did dating that way. Uh, yeah, like I said, this is Tinder before Tinder, people. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, after watching some ladies, like, especially some ladies that are too young for him and his, uh, yo, con, he finally reaches a lady called Effie, and he's in, she's perfect, and even looks in at the jewelry she's wearing, she's like, oh, oh yeah, it is real. All I'm thinking is that, it's like, how can you fucking tell from that fucking tape quality? I mean... Again, early 90s, no 4K just yet. How do you know <laughs> that shit is real? <laughs> well, he goes out and, yeah, he meets the guy who's behind it. And, of course, it's Tom Hanks, you know, as Baxter. And, you know, he's telling the lady once, he's like, oh, yeah, man, you gotta like them older ladies, man. <laughs> so he meets what, up with Effie. I guess she's apparently a widow and very rich, even has a butler and... Well, first of all, she kind of rejects him at first, you know, and she's like, what do you want with an older lady like me? And, well, Howard just BSs his way, like, talk about, oh, you know, the ladies my age, yeah, they just don't know what they want, don't know what I want and all that. You know, after a while, they start uh, talking, and she t tells him how she he reminds her of her dead husband, and, you know, while she's talking to her butler, he's looking at a 
jigsaw puzzle. I guess apparently that's what her husband liked to do. And the last thing he did before he died. Well, at this point, uh, Effie is starting to get into Howard. In fact, they, she decides right there to get down and dirty right on the unfinished jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next morning, and, well, yeah, they're waking up from all that getting busy and... He's just saying that, oh, man, I've never felt anything like that in a long time. And never felt such dryness like that in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right around this time, well, he has a note, and he reads a note, and it says, another one? Man, you better stop. He's like, oh, um, I have to go somewhere really quick, honey. And, uh, well, he goes back to his office to find his business partner, Morty shredding some papers and well he's accusing him of being the one who sent him the notes he's like hey that's a nice tie you got there and then he grabs the tie and puts it in the paper shredder which pretty much drags morty with him and yeah all we can see is uh, there's just a lot and lot of blood well i guess uh his little 10-day plan may be working because the next thing we see is that him and effie just get married just like that <laughs> You've known each other, what, 12 hours? 12, 24 hours, and you're getting married? Yeah, it's like a freaking Disney movie right there. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, uh, you know, she wants him to sign on the bank account to pretty much share the bank account. Of course, that's exactly what he wants, and he sees that the butler, Stanhope, he's watching suspiciously. Well, after that, she goes upstairs to get ready for a jacuzzi. But then Stanhope brings him another note, and well, note's just saying, "Hey, you better quit this." So, hey, with Morty dead, who else could know about this? Oh, I think it's Baxter, Tom Hanks. Oh, he gets back and starts talking to him, and really starts accusing him. And so he pretty much grabs Baxter and throws him right into the TV set. He ends up calling her Effie and saying, "Hey, how about you give Stanhope the night off, huh?" That night, when he's getting ready, well, Stanhope comes up. He's not taking a night off, and he's confronting him because he knows what he's up to, even pulls out a gun on him. He's like, oh, come on, you don't have the guts? Go on, do it. But, yeah, he's right. Stanhope doesn't have the guts to do it, and Howard ends up strangling him right to death. What a fool. Yeah, so it's like, "Mm, all three of those guys are dead. Who else could be Knowing about all this shit that he's doing. Well, finally, getting a very intimate moment between Howard and Effie. And, of course, he gives her some wine. And she's like, oh, are you trying to get me drunk? Well, in that case, and she ends up, like, fucking chugging down this fucking wine. (laughs) But, again, poisoned. And she ends up falling down. And while he's trying to call for 911, well, it appears she's not quite dead yet. (laughs) Considering, uh, like, how she just chugged that shit down, that's quite surprising. <laughs> and, yeah, ends up struggling, ends up just pushing her right down the stairs. And so after a while, he's starting to make arrangements for her a flight to get the hell out of the country. I guess he's got enough money now than he needs. But one more note comes in. Hey, reads it telling him to meet this person in the mausoleum. Oh, into the mausoleum he goes, and he ends up meeting up with the grave digger. He's just like... You had all those ladies, they, they told me to do it. He starts talking crazy. It's like, man, you're fucking crazy. And, well, he ends up killing him with a shovel. <laughs> really comedic death. <laughs> and, you know, just before he leaves, he decides he's going to 
take one look at Effie and her coffin. But she's not in there. What the fuck? <laughs> but there she is, all fucked up looking. And honestly, the first thing I was thinking of when we saw like how fucked up she was looking is, you remember Prince of Darkness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking of like how that chick who was uh, you know, taken over by the devil, that's how, how fucked up she looked. And that's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, but mm, more. Yeah. And, uh, well, not only is Effie there, but so is the lady from the beginning. And then, well, more of these chicks that he <laughs> ended up marrying and killing, they come too. And, you know, one's pretty much a skeleton by now. And they all <laughs> gather up to kill him. Yeah, we end up with Crypt Keeper. I like a bunch of these. She's like, well, not only did she win his heart, but also his kidney, his liver, and his gallbladder. <laughs> I always think one of these corpses' head ends up falling off. He's like, oh, I just love the date that gives you head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think of this one? This uh, this one was uh, pretty interesting. It, uh, you know, it's, it's a classic, you know, Black Widow type story. Like, you know, young woman marries old man for his money and then kills him. You know, that, you know, it was, it was a little interesting, you know, seeing it, you know, from the perspective of, you know, a man instead of, you know, a woman. Right. But, you know, it's it's still kind of a story that's been seen a million times. I did like this twist at the end, though. You know, where all the all the ladies came back and fucking they were all decayed and nasty right. looking. And I think that, for me, is probably the best part of this episode. So uh, I think I'm going to go back down to uh, just okay. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much said what I was going to say. I mean, it's kind of a classic setup, and I got to say, I kind of almost did see the twist coming in this. I mean, again, you got to realize it's a Tales from the Crypt episode you're watching, so you probably got to know what's going to be coming up. And, you know, like I said, you know, he was killing everybody who he suspected, and, you know, we're also a hell of a lot of characters in this episode, so it was like process of elimination. Although, I got to admit, I... Forgot to grave digger for a little bit, so. <laughs> but, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little, uh, you know, classic story, even if it's a little bit well-known every once in a while. So, you know what, this one I'm going to go with a pretty good. I think it's time we move on to our last episode. Alrighty. Last episode, This Will Kill Ya, came out June 27th, 92, and 6.1 rating. And, well, the uh, director of this one is called Robert Longo. Did uh, some REM music videos. Did a music video for Megadeth, Peace Cells. And, really, the only movie he ever did was the Keanu Reeves movie, Johnny Manomic. So, uh, pretty much a music video director. All right. Well, uh, oh, yeah. You know, the, uh, only, uh, the only real name I know is uh, Dylan McDermott. Is that his name? Yep. Dylan Derp. Yeah. He uh, he plays pretty much a dick in everything he's in. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other guy, that pack guy, there sound familiar, so I looked him up. Yeah, he's the main guy from Blazing Saddles. The main guy? Yeah. The, you know, the sheriff. The, the, the sheriff opposite Gene Wilder. That's, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And it looks like uh, this episode actually was his last role. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a... He died, like, four months after or something. Yeah. 
Well, this episode, you know, we started out, you know, with the Crypt Keeper, you know, as always. And uh, we start out with Pac's body being dragged into a police station by a man who claims he's already dead. He's uh, in an office with his ex-fling Sophia, or Sophie. He has to take insulin because I'm guessing he's diabetic. Have it and uh, they're uh, they're working on a project called H Cell, and we see that George is a bit of a dick to not only Pack but you know Sophie. Very much everybody. <laughs> yeah, Sophie ends up uh, going to a bar, and, and uh, you know George he ends up showing up too, and you know to. Her dismay, you know, he he's there. He's like flirting with her and you know trying to uh, let's go let's go back to your place and and fuck. Well, she she doesn't enjoy this conversation, so she gets up and uh, she goes home. Well, we see George. He ends up uh, unlocking a door and walking inside of a, a pretty nice looking apartment. Yeah, I would say so. Well, we see that it's actually Sophie's apartment. And uh, he ends up kind of forcing himself on her at first. But, you know, after a few minutes, she kind of caves into her uh, desires. We see uh, lots of boobies. And uh, George, he basically pumps and dumps. He, uh, He goes back to the office and apologizes to Pac for being a dick before, and he goes to work. Uh, it's time for uh, George's insulin again, and, you know, he asks, you know, Pack to get it for him. Well, Pack ends up grabbing a needle with the H-cell by accident, and basically this thing, I forget what they say it does, but, like, it will, like, fester your body with tumors and yeah. basically kill you. Yeah, it but, could uh, be a pretty I, sight. I think it was, like, they're using it to, like, uh, you know, cure specific, like, diseases and stuff, but, you know, yeah, they yeah. haven't, uh, you know, been able to. I think that's what they said, yeah. Uh, Sophie injects him, and, you know, Pack, he tries to stop her from, you know, plunging the stuff in to him, and, well, you know, it's too late now. Well, George, he begins to uh, freak out, and, you know, he begins to, you know, suffer some side effects. He's not feeling too well, he's sweating quite profusely, and he's told he's probably got a couple hours left to live. He leaves and goes for a walk, and a smoke. He goes to the bar and sees visions of people, and, you know, these people have, like, freaking deformities all over them, like, huge bubbles and, like, tumorous-looking things, and one person even had, like, green goo coming out of one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's told by the bartender that uh, Sophie and Pac were celebrating at the end of the bar. And, you know, he, he doesn't like this, so he goes to Sophie's apartment, and he hears a message that Pac leaves on the machine, and, you know... He, you know, he learns that, you know, he was really injected with, you know, the H-cell on purpose. So, George, he goes to uh, the lab with a baseball bat, and he freaking whacks Pack in the head, you know, causing him to uh, collapse to the ground and begin bleeding profusely. Uh, George, he ends up grabbing, like, a needle and, you know, some of the stuff in there, and he ends up stabbing it in Pack's heart. 
and you know injects it into him and it kills him so we're back at the uh, the police station and sophie arrives and she tells him that he was not really injected with the h cell that it was you know just his insulin with like a little like hallucinogen stuff just to screw with him because you know he's been a dick no and well, he looks well, at placebo the... effect <laughs> he ends up uh looking at the camera and we go back to the crib keeper who closes out the episode for us and yeah okay uh so this one well why's it start off saying hey this is a man who kills me i don't know some reason i thought it was just gonna be like he's pretty much walking dead right now yeah like when i was reading the uh the description i was like okay so he's already dead like he's he's been in the ground and you know he's he's out again all right I, uh, and honestly would have been a much cooler uh episode if uh, that was the case here but no just uh all ends up being a placebo effect like again just like the first episode really not much else for me to say man i mean you know nothing too memorable besides the two stars of the show but you know other than that i'm gonna once again go with a just okay yeah i feel like this episode could have been a little bit better um you know i I think it had a good premise though basically you know you're you're injected with something and basically it's killing you and like what are you gonna do you're gonna get revenge yes you are so you know i I like the little twist of him not, you know, actually having it, so now he's going to actually have to suffer the consequences. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I guess that was a pretty good twist right there. And, and oh. again, if you've seen a bunch of Tales and Crypt episodes, you probably should have seen it coming. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to go just okay as well on this one. Um, You know, these episodes really weren't, you know, anything too special. Yeah. Kind of just felt like more like filler yeah it really did i mean the other episode it was definitely probably the best of the bunch you know just because it's just a little something uh against the norm for tales from the crypt and which again you know not nothing wrong with that you know because you know we, we keep saying these are pretty much standard tales from the crypt type episodes yeah yeah so yeah pretty much return to tales from the crypt uh, just uh just okay type manner. I mean, you know, there was some really good, you know, special effects work. And, oh, yeah, you know, I would say so. A co- yeah. couple good twists, but, like, nothing as good as, like, the twists and, you know, stories from the first couple seasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully things will pick up a bit. I did see, like, did take a little bit of a look, and, uh, yeah, we got an episode coming up, like, maybe not exactly next Time we do tell for a crypt, at least in the next few episodes, that's got uh, freaking Christopher Reeves in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, they got some uh, big ass names in these upcoming episodes, man. Yeah, I was grabbing them off. We got like Joe Pesci and uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, yeah. Timothy Dalton. It's like, goddamn. Star power this show brought in, man. I gotta tell you, I mean, I mean, for fuck's sake, we just talked about an episode directed by Tom Hanks, and that when you think about, it, I don't think uh, Tom Hanks would do something like this nowadays. 
What uh, which one was the one Friedkin directed? I think it's the next one, the uh, one about the tattoo. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think that's about it for me. A. I mean, there's nothing too special really to talk about. You know, we're we're kind of just in the middle of the series and roughly. I've only seen the first four seasons, but I. I I don't know if it goes downhill, like, after season, like, three. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I know there's one episode, like, I don't know, probably, like, maybe the last season of the show. I just remembered, and so we're going to not get to that one for quite a bit. (laughs) I mean, especially considering, you know, it's been two years since we've done Tales from the Crypt. (laughs) There's one that was animated, and was their own twisted version of Three Little Pigs. I remember liking that one when I was younger. Yeah, we're definitely... I I won't let us go another two years before we uh, <laughs> do it again. Yeah, yeah, we, we gotta stay on top of that shit. Uh, Alright, well, I think uh, we take a break, come back, and we'll tell you guys what we're doing for next month.
Halloween month over. Uh, I got a whole another year to wait now. Unfortunately, but at least by next Halloween, we'll have another Halloween movie, right? Yes, we will. Absolutely, because the uh, producers said that even if there's no uh, theaters next year, it absolutely will be coming out. Yeah. But theaters reopened in my area. Finally. So... Yeah, things are looking up. They've been reopened for a while in my area, but I just haven't been <laughs> felt too safe to go back to them just yet. I mean, I would have gone, but like, there's no good movies playing. Yeah. And like Halloween played last night, but it didn't start till fucking nine fifty, and like, it wouldn't have actually started till probably like ten, ten fifteen ish after previews and shit yeah and when i'm they not show... fucking staying in a movie theater till 12 o'clock at night when they show preview for like a, a movie like that i mean you know i i think the last time i went to see halloween in a movie theater like they only showed like one preview for of course the newer one but i i believe so yeah uh, uh, would they show preview for like an old movie that they're showing yeah i like when i went to see goonies uh you know there was previews and stuff yeah okay well yeah either way halloween month is over so what does that mean for november scott well uh if you have listened to the show for a while you should know our trend of november and if you don't we're gonna tell you anyways because (laughs) we're obliged to do that we are going back to james bond Oh, yes. Which is going to kind of hurt after the news of today. Right. Quite the timing, I tell you what. <laughs> well, yeah, we are uh, going to be doing uh, The Man with the Golden Gun and... The Spy Who Loved Me. Yep. Unless and... Said, uh, hey, uh, well, some of these notes are already uh, ready. Hey, guys, there were plans for last year before. Uh, some things went down. Should we give a little hint? Um, we may have a special guest on the second episode. May not. Who knows? Yeah, let's just say, people, if things are if things go well, uh, episodes might be three hours again. Let's hope not. <laughs> I guess uh, no promises. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that's next time. Oh uh, yeah, so. Hey, leave some thoughts on the Tales from the Crypt or James Bond at unholymofos at gmail.com or our Facebook group. Yes. And, yeah, I think that's all we have to say. Uh, go have fun tonight. And if you're listening to this tonight, happy Halloween. Do not get shot six times! <laughs> and Ben Tramer, be very careful wearing that Halloween mask out tonight, man. Later, fuckers. Peace out.
See you.
eat all of my freaking scrap fingernail pieces. Oh, that's fucking nasty. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you know that's gonna hurt when it comes out, right? Yeah. I'll eat fucking anything, man. <laughs> yeah, he likes to eat shit. Caught him doing it the other day. I had a freaking... <laughs> Give him stuff to clean his mouth at. Yeah, I just love how I don't know if you've ever experienced when you ever you have to give dogs medicine and you hide it in a certain food they like, but yeah. and of course they seem to know <laughs> the medicine that's in there. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then they spit the the pill out and just eat the food. Yep. I was like, you'll you'll eat, fucking lick your own ass, but you won't just take a medicine. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've given you know like when I was giving him like you know his meds, he would just eat it flat out right. 
And he's like, ooh, what is this? It's like, there's a dog saying that their asses taste better than this freaking medicine. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, then, well, I probably wouldn't want to take that medicine either. 